most other people have a way of expressing yourself that we northerners don't have. So you can express your feelings. So uh, I believe in a letter, the little thing says ditto. And that's why ditto. I think it's the same about our brother and you people. I deem it a great honor to stand with God's heritage. I've often wondered what I would do if I had a few drops of the literal blood of the Lord Jesus in a charger to pack it in my hands. I just wondered what I would do with it, Brother Jeffrey, with the literal blood of the Lord Jesus. I thought how I would hold it, cherish it with my own life, not to spill uh, or to destroy it in any way. But do you know? In his sight, I have a greater than the blood of the Lord Jesus in my care tonight. That's the purchase of his blood, you. As he gave his blood, that you could be his. And therefore, he would cherish you more than he does his own life, his own blood, is because he gave his life to save you. And so then, when we meet each other and come into his presence for worship, we should come with a, just a very uh, feeling of his great august presence as we can worship and love each other. And how will I serve the Lord Jesus? I'll serve him as I serve you. Now, I have four children here tonight, and I would rather, if any of us had to get a ball and out or a whipping, I'd rather you give it to me than you would to one of them. And a compliment, I'd rather it be on one of my children than on me. And that's the way it is with the Lord Jesus. He would rather that we would be kind to each other and show each other kindness. And um, don't draw any boundary lines of, well, I just don't, I'm not on, I don't belong to this certain church. That doesn't matter to him. He wants us to be brothers and sisters. And that's the reason that I think our, uh, our churches hasn't progressed the way they have is because our or the sectarian ideas has built fences between the sheep. I think we're all sheep of one pastor. And I think we should worship the Lord that way. Never have I had one time the Holy Spirit, the angel of the Lord, to ever question me about what church. Now, he knows what church you go to, and he'll tell you that. See? But he, but what a question, whether you should or shouldn't go to this church or that church, it never was questioned by him. He'd tell you what, you belong to Methodist or you're Presbyterian or Catholic or whatever. How many have ever been to the meeting here to do that? Let's see. In my meeting, raise up your hand. You, sure you have. And he might tell you that. But as far as saying you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't belong to this one, he never says that you should not do that. He just wants you to love him and that settles it. If you love him, you know, love is the greatest force that we have, the most powerful force. Do you believe that? Love. Love will just do things that nothing else will do. And um, I usually tell this when my wife's not along, but she happens to be along tonight, and I, I might tell it now. And, um, you know, when I'm overseas or somewhere, she writes me a letter, she'll sit down and say, Dear Billy, I said here tonight, I just put the children to bed, and so and so. That's what she's telling me on the letter. But, you know, being that I love her the way she does, and she loves me, I can read between the lines. I know just what she means. Well, that's the way the Bible's written. 
You have to be in love with the author to be able to read between the lines. Because God promised, and he said that he had hid it from the eyes of the wise and prudent, and would reveal it to babes such as would learn. You know that scripture, don't you? And so, we, we, if you want, it doesn't take a great degree in theology. It doesn't take some a BA or a DD. The only thing it takes is a humble heart surrendered to Him. And that's what that is. Uh, some of you might know my good friend, the man that wrote my favorite song uh, of him, Booth Clifford, William Booth Clifford. A wonderful principal among ministers, one of the best scholars I believe I ever met in my life in a real Christian gentleman. About five weeks ago, we were together just before going into Mexico. And if anyone knows Brother Cliburn, he, know, he knows what a diplomat and how just precise he is with his grammar. And he can preach in seven different languages. And old General Booth of the Salvation Army, that was, I believe, was his father, I believe it was, or some close relative to him. That's why he was named Booth. And he's an Englishman. And we were riding around together, he and I, and Mr. Moore, one of the managers. And he was telling me about certain Greek words and certain things and all, how he can tear it down. He can just preach in Greek or preach in Hebrew or anything he takes an ocean to. So he said, uh, he said, Brother Brandon, don't that Greek word you know means this? I said, now, Brother Booth, don't go to speaking in unknown tongues to me because I can't interpret it. And he said, uh, he said, well, he said, you know, the reason you, that's what he said, you don't know your Bible. So that's all. So if you can't speak Greek, you don't know the Bible. I said, Brother Booth, that might be wrong. I might not know the book, but I know the author real well. I said, that's, that's the main thing. If you know the author, he'll take care of the book part for you. And so... That's the way we love him tonight, and it brings it down to a simple person as I has the right to be saved. And no matter how much education, you might not be able to write your own name. Did you know St. Peter the Apostle could not write his own name? You know the Bible said he was ignorant and unlearned? Did you know that? Peter, the one who had the keys to the kingdom, he, they were told, as historically, and I don't know, it might be mythical, but he wouldn't even know his own name if his wrote before him. But the Bible declares that he was ignorant and unlearned. But they had to take heed to him because they knew he had been with Jesus. That's the main thing. That's the mark. Uh, get the mark of be with Jesus. It doesn't take smart people. It takes surrendered hearts to know the Lord Jesus. Now, tonight, uh, here in the church, I have just learned uh, this today sometime by some of the brethren that's with me, that brother here has just they opened up this revival center. And um, I didn't even know Brother Jeffries. I met him my first time. I'm not saying that name right, is it? Is it Jefferson? Yes. Jefferson. I, I didn't even know him. And uh, until I met him on the platform the other night. I find him to be a real fine brother. And I'm trusting that God will bless this old theater where used to be the devil's church, and now it's turned into God's church. And I say, if that theater man's here, he'll probably want to fool me for that. Well, listen, I come now for healing service. But one of the greatest disgraces that even from the files of the FBI, it can prove that America started her decline by the movie pictures. 
Exactly right. Not being censored and all this here stuff they put out before young girls and things like that. Now, the devil put it in every home through television. Now, I, the television's a fine thing if it's used right. So is the picture's a fine thing if it's used right. But uncensored programs and things like that, it's, it's disgraceful for the way it is. It's, it's absolutely put the wrong thing before the American people. And that's where, of course, we realize now that we're on the decline. And as far as I can see the historical ahead of us, we're continually going on. So every great nation has to fall. I stood by the, on the Egyptian ground where the pharaohs once ruled. We'd have to dig 20, 30 feet to find some of the ruins of some of the greatest uh, um, kingdoms of the world. I stood in Rome where the great uh, Caesars stood, and they all fell. And I uh, stood in and London where the great man in different places around the world, and their kingdoms fall. And remember, there's every kingdom of this world has to give away, all mortal has to give away to immortality. I stood by a tree when I was a little boy, a great maple in our country. What a great tree it was. I thought that tree would always be there. And that's been about 35 years ago, and today it's a snag. Just goes to show that here we have no continuing city, but we're seeking one that'll come. Our great nation will fall someday and crumble just exactly like all other nations, because the kingdom of God shall come someday. Jesus shall set up a kingdom here that'll be an everlasting kingdom. And we're looking for that. All people, we love our nation, are the greatest nation under the heavens. If it wasn't, I'd be trying to get the greatest nation. But I'm glad to be an American, but I'm sorry to see it demoralizing and, and corrupting and going down with vice and sin the way she's thinking tonight. And that's why we're preaching the gospel and trying everything that we can to sane out every soul that God would have saved before the great climax comes. That's our reason of being here tonight. There will come a time when there won't be any Charlotte. There won't, won't be one stone left upon another. There will be a time that these hills will shake and crumble. But you'll be somewhere. And tonight may be time for you to decide where you'll be at that time. You're a free moral agent. You can make your decisions. And now, on the ministry that I introduced, now I know this Bible scholar sitting here and perceiving, coming in even last night, that's a smart, intelligent people that I'm speaking to. And the ministry will certainly be a, a difference of what you've ever perhaps looked at the Scripture. And I, I want to get right down to your heart and have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with you. And for the next night or two, perhaps, as I have said that I'm weak in my throat and four months straight without any rest at all and got to go to Alaska immediately after this, then I get a couple weeks of rest before returning back for the big Cato Tabernacle 11,000 just in Indianapolis, Indiana. And after the Christian businessman who worked Minneapolis. Now, the first thing I want you to do is to, I want to make myself clear that I don't belong to any denomination of church. And I've got, and by the way, I want to thank this brother Pearson, or Parsons. Uh, I got that wrong yet. Pardon. Uh, the other day, they had taken up a love offering for me at the end of the meeting. didn't have to do that. I don't come for love offerings. I come to try to help. But he did. And in there, he made me an honorary clergyman of their 
society, so I appreciate that if any of his people are here to tell him how they didn't know he put it in a little check and he'd give it to my boy, and they gave it to me on my road home. Thank you. I'm very glad to have that honor. And I have honorary degrees, of course, in many different places, just people. You know how long ago somebody's trying to give me a doctor's degree at the Hindu church in India? Now I said, now, wouldn't that look nice? For an old boy raised on black-eyed peas and a hominy grits, starved molasses and biscuits to get up there and use such English as I do, such grammar, and then say, Dr. Williams. I said, people are too intelligent for that. See? No, that's the only one thing I want to know. I'm, one thing I do know, there's a great big black door set before me, and it's before every mortal here and every mortal in the world. Every time our heart beats, we get one closer to it, and that's death. And when I get to the end, when my heart's making its last beat, I don't want to come there as a coward or a deceiver. I want to come there with this one thought in my mind. I know him in the power of his resurrection, that when he calls out, I'll come from among the dead. That's the one, my one alternative, is to know him in the power of his resurrection. Now, this is his word. And we want to approach it. There's just anybody that's able to open it up like this can open it. But there's only one who can really open it, and that's Christ, the Holy Spirit. It was written by several different men through ages, and every bit of it dovetailed together, and not one contradiction's in the Word. Not one. And it's all given by inspiration. Therefore, there's no man able to open the book or to loose the seal there, only John saw it in the Revelation, but one that had been slain from the foundations of the world, the Lamb, come and took it out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne and was worthy to take the book and to loose the seals and to open it. And let's speak to him tonight before we try to open his book and ask him if he'll open it to us, the author, the Lord Jesus, while we bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee tonight for first for this place that we have to worship the beloved Lord Jesus. And we come to Thee in His name, asking favors, Lord. We're constantly asking because we're walking in a dismal, dark world full of sin and trouble, lying, deceiving spirits everywhere as you predicted that would be in the last days. And we come humbly, reverently before thee to ask for mercy and guidance and grace. We thank thee for the brother Jeffers here and for all the ministers that's present, the shepherds over the flock where the Holy Spirit has given them the overseer job. And I pray that somehow tonight, dear God, that you'll get right down deep into their hearts. Reveal yourself in a new and living way to them, each one. Bless their ministry. May they become a greater shepherd and have more sheep to watch over. Granted, Father, bless all the laity here, your beloved sheep of the pastor. Every church that's represented, we pray, God, that a great revival will break out in each one. And all together, the lovely one will come to every denomination. May there be a sweeping revival across this country this coming year that will shake the other nations. 
granite, Lord. Start it right here, won't you, Father? Begin here in Charlotte tonight with an old-fashioned revival in every church. May this weekend find churches just filled full of people, sinners weeping their way up to Calvary, repenting and great signs and wonders appearing. Grandfather, I open the book to us. It may be in a new way, in a light of the gospel, for we ask this in his name, who said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Thy beloved child, the Lord Jesus. Amen. In the book of the Gospel according to St. John, and beginning the at the 12th chapter, and the 20th and 21st verses, I wish to read this little the text here, and may God give us the context from it, that in doing so that he'll bless his word. We know this, if we read his word, it will not return void. It will accomplish that which it was purposed for. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. And the same, therefore, came to Philip, which was of Bethesda of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. May the Lord add his blessings to that word. And for, our con for the text tonight, we would use Hebrews 13:8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, let's try to be just as reverent and listen and pray as we approach these things. Now, in the, the word of God, Many times we set our, our rules and regulations of just certain things that's to take place, and if it happens contrary to the way that we think it should be, then we say it's not right. Now, brethren and friends of Christ, did you know that's the reason the Jews in the first coming of the Lord Jesus failed to recognize him because he came contrary to what they had figured out of him coming? They expected a Messiah to be different, but he come exactly according to the Scripture. But it wasn't according to their theology, their teachings. And you know, I believe if he would come tonight, it would be altogether different than what we've got to figure out he'll come. He always seems to do it, but yet it's straight with the Scripture. See, they was expecting him coming in his second coming, his great power, which then he will come for them. And for us. But we know in his first coming, he was to come lowly, riding on a mule, coming in the city. And how even his disciples didn't understand that. And how it is tonight that sometimes things happen, and if it doesn't just equal up to what our church teaches, then we want to throw it out and say there's nothing to it. But you know, the thing we ought to do sensibly is to look at it in the light of the Scripture. Now, I believe that every Bible teaching or every church and every revelation, listen, everything must be built on this Word. If anybody teaches anything contrary to the Word, I wouldn't believe it. See, this Bible is God's foundation. It's no other foundation can be laid, but that which is already laid, Christ Jesus. Now, 
touring Europe with Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Nazarene, Catholic, and all mixed together. And each one is saying, well, now my church teaches this. That's fine. We're so happy for that. And, but let's look at ask and see by the Word of God just what it teaches for this day, for a message, for this day. Each one of us are familiar with our church doctrine. Well, now, that's very good. I appreciate you, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, and all your doctrine. I appreciate that. That's fine. I, I believe that too. Every bit of it. I believe everything you teach from the Scripture is right. But now, in the Old Testament, there were three ways of knowing a message. The first, it was the law. The second, it was the prophet. And the third was a dreamer. And then they had a way of proving that whether it was just exactly right or not. Now, in the Aaronic or Levitical priesthood, on Aaron's breast, plate had twelve stones. And it's not exactly uh, known by the scholars whether it was a reflection of the twelve stones together or a certain sacred light that when a prophet prophesied or a dreamer told his dream or whatever it was, and these supernatural lights didn't flash on this what was called Urim Thundum. And if this supernatural light didn't flash and give witness to that, well, then it was wrong. No matter how true the prophet was or how real the dreamer was or whatever the revelation was, it had to be witnessed by the Urim Thundum. If it wasn't, it wasn't true. Any scriptural or scholar knows that. Now, in the Aaronic priesthood, or the Levitical priesthood, that priesthood was done away with, and the Urimathundum of that time ceased. But in this new priesthood, the Bible is God's Urimathundum. And if a revelation comes, a prophet prophesies, a church is established, a doctrine is made, and it don't flesh on the Bible, then it's wrong. This is God's Urimathundum. We must listen to the Word. I'm just old-fashioned enough to believe that that Bible is written by inspiration. And I believe every word of it is God's living Word. And you can trust your eternal destination on any word that's written in the Bible. Now, the thought comes this. If God, if we believe, I want to know how many here first believes that Jesus Christ was and is the Son of God. Let's see your hand. Thank you. How many believe that he has risen from the dead? Let's see your hand. Now, surely, if I was risen from the dead, was then died, and it rose again, I would be visible. I would be to a place that you know I was here. And if Jesus has risen from the dead, surely there ought to be some way that we would know that he had raised from the dead. Here, as I said a few weeks ago or a few days ago, down to Spindale, the great Mr. Reedhead, vice president or president one of the great Sudan missions, the, full of the fundamental missions, one of the greatest in the world. He was conquered by Muhammad. They give him that question. 
said, If he has risen from the dead, where is he? Prove it to we Muhammad. But until you prove it, then he's in the grave just like Muhammad is. And Dr. Reed had tried to give him all the scripture and everything. He said, But look, see, said Muhammad only promised life after death. And said, Your Jesus promised that you teachers would do the same thing he done. So now that was his promise. And I want to show you the little loophole that Dr. Reed had tried to squeeze through. He said, you, I suppose you mean Mark 16. Where he said, uh, go into all the world, preach the gospel, be signs shall follow them that believe, heal the sick and perform signs. Yes, that's one of them, he said. He said, but sir, you see, we better scholars of the scripture, we learn that Mark, the 16th chapter from the ninth verse on, is not inspired. It was just added. And the Muhammad stood and said, Kind sir, what kind of a Bible do you read? That a part of it's inspired and the rest of it's not inspired. said, I'll let you know that all the Koran's inspired. What a disgrace to Christianity. This is all inspired too. I don't believe the Koran is inspired. I believe this is the only inspired book there is in the world. And every promise in it is true. If I can't meet the issue, I'll say that I haven't got faith enough to do it, but yet his word is true. Like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego said, Our God's able to deliver us from these this fiery furnace, but nevertheless, we wouldn't bow to the image. That is true. The Bible is God's inspired word. Now, these Greeks come with a question that I believe that every human being, since Jesus was crucified, that had any touch or feeling towards God, would ask the same question that they asked there. Sir, we would see Jesus. I believe that's the life or the desire of every Christian. And I believe that's the desire of every person here tonight. Is it? Let's see your hand. Sirs, we would see Jesus. Now, to me, and to the believer, any believer, this is either the truth or it is not the truth. It's either right or it's not right. And if it wasn't the truth, I would be somewhere else tonight besides here. I would be here, if I was against him, I'd, I'd be preaching against him, I'd be saying against him, but I believe him, and I believe he's, he's the Son of God, and I believe he's raised from the dead, I'm for him and ready to die for him, because it's the truth. And I know beyond one shadow of doubt that this is the gospel, and it's the truth. And by God's grace, I can prove that it's the truth. And now... What we want to look at then, if Jesus has raised from the dead, can we see him? Sirs, we would see Jesus. Now, there's only one way to do it, and that's go and see what kind of a person we would look for. If you were going tonight to see Jesus, if Jesus was in Charlotte tonight, what type of man would you look for? Would you go and look for some fellow that was way up in some great high cathedral with real priestly looking clothes on, walk out, would that be the kind of Jesus you was looking for? If it is, he has certainly changed since he was here on earth the last time. For he dressed just like ordinary man. 
He went in among man, in and out among man, and they didn't even know him because he looked so common like other men. There was nothing any conspicuous about the Lord Jesus to look at him. He would do a certain thing that's the only way they'd know him, by his miracles and the sign that he did. Only wrote from him after his resurrection. You see? Cleopius and his friend was walking with him after his resurrection. And he was so plain yet until they didn't recognize him until he'd done a certain thing like he used to do before he was crucified. They recognized it to be him. You see it? Notice, he was not a man of great, swelling uh, vocabulary or words. He didn't overdo the thing. And I'm going to give you a little between the lines, if you can receive it. Scholars of dared all turned around, this Greek word means this and that word means that. You know why? They're trying to make the Bible to the half sphere of the Greek or the Hebrew when Jesus didn't speak his words big like that. The Bible said the common people heard his We're supposed to speak English. And when I went to England, uh, that I need to interpret there worse than anywhere I ever went in my life. I got with those Cockneys and Oxford groups and I, I was talking way down here to the throat. I, I couldn't understand what they were saying. A man trying to tell me how to go to the Abbey. Now, I, I didn't need an interpreter. You see, there's so much difference, even between the North and South here in America. I called from Houston, Texas, to up in New York, and the little Southern girl with her talk, and the Northern girl with her talk, they had to break it up somewhere in between here to get somebody to interpret for them. Right here in America. Sure, they couldn't understand each other. And Jesus talked with such simple language, with the simple people, and it was written likewise, and they're trying to put those great, big, swelling, outstanding, hold on for dear life, as I call it, words in it, and they missed it. So it was wrote simple. Christ, so simple as it was to bring the gospel to the poor in need. Amen. That's what makes him great to me. God sticks his chest out and thinks he's somebody. That shows how little he is to me. That's right. The more simpler you can get, the higher God will raise you. Just be simple. That's what's the matter with the American people. That's the reason we can have a service in Africa, India. And tens of thousands will be healed at once. But, oh, we got it all figured out. Dr. Jones, or uh, is it Dr. Jones? Forgive me, brother. But she said it was this, and other doctors, so-and-so of our church, said it was mental telepathy. This, that's the reason you can't get nowhere. See? It's all, you make it so complicated when the gospel is so simple. It's just believing. That's all. Christ said so, that's it's mine. He gave it to me. I take him at his word. Now, that's how, it, how simple it is. So we wouldn't look for a fellow that looked like he had taught Mr. Webster then. He wouldn't be a man that was so full of great words. He wouldn't dress any different. He'd be a, what kind, he wouldn't be up with a classic. Oh, he'd say, yes, he would. Well, if he has, then he isn't the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8 said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he dressed different today like a priest or a rabbi, 
that he wouldn't be the same. If you use great swelling words today, like the scholars, I'm not degrading education. I'm trying to get to a, a people. Look sitting in this pit here. Look out in there, sick people. I'm trying to get to where they can see how simple it is. You're trying to look for something way off and try to educate yourself to it. When it's right here, you just step out of the top of it. See? You don't, you don't know God by education. You know God by faith. There was two trees in the Garden of Eden. One of them was a tree of knowledge. One was a tree of life. As long as man eat from this tree, he lived. But when he left this tree, it had been his first bite. Oh, there he separated himself from his maker. And he's been biting on it ever since. And we've even brought over and put it in church. You've got to have a, so many degrees, or you have to say, oh, man, a certain way, or you can't get to the platform. You have to have your, all your papers and everything to show what... What creed you're with and so forth before you can even come into a church almost. See how they got it? The devil's done that. Exactly right. Now, but watch the lovely Jesus. That's the one we're looking at tonight. Now, we see that he wasn't, he didn't go up in the classics. He was very humble. He didn't. What kind of a person was he? The Bible said there's no beauty we should desire. He was 30 years old and passed for 50. He probably is not a great big seven-footer with shoulders like barn doors. He wasn't that type. That's the type that they call a beautiful or handsome man, like Saul, with his big seven-foot-something taller. But he was a, probably a little bitty fellow. He said, I'm no man, a worm. See? But now, now Jesus himself, when he was crucified and put in the grave, he, he rose on the third day. God raised him up and set him on the right hand of his majesty on high and sent back the Holy Spirit, which is to represent him in the same way that he was here on earth until he comes again. That spirit was given to the church. Now let's trace his life just a little bit and see what, if you say, sir, we would see Jesus. Let's go see what he, let's go back and see what he was. And I want to ask you now, what he was then, he's got to be the same today. What his ministry was then, if the Holy Spirit brings his ministry today as it did then, then it's got to be the same type of ministry. And if a man professes to be a Christian, has got to live that same Christ-like life. If the Spirit of Christ is in you, it will certainly do this, the same work that Christ did. What if I told you tonight that the spirit of John Dillinger was in me? Well, you look for big guns and I'd be a dangerous person to stand before. What if I told you the spirit of some famous artist was in me? You'd expect me to get out there and paint these hills and scenes and white clouds over these New England states here just like the artist would do if his spirit was in me. Is that true? If, uh... I told you the Spirit of Christ is in me, then the Spirit of Christ has to operate the same way that it did in Christ. If it isn't, then the Spirit of Christ doesn't lead me. I'm led by some other spirit. But if the Spirit of Christ is in you, then you're Christ-like. You become Christ's disciples. And that's where people today look upon different emotions of shouting and adjoining church and things like that to take the place or education a denomination or something on that start to take the place of Christianity, it'll never take the place. It can't do it. It's a Christ 
in you the hope of glory. Now, notice, let's follow Jesus in his life's journey and find out how you get your pencils and paper. We'll probably go into it in detail more each night, but if the Lord leaves, but let's go into the life of Jesus Christ and find out the type of person he was then, what type of person he was then. He'll have to be the same today if he has raised from the dead. That ought to be clear enough that any of us would understand. Now, let's go back to the beginning of his ministry. Of course, we know he was, he was born to virgin birth, conceived by the Holy Ghost in the wombs of Virgin Mary, and came forth as a child, and was of uh, age of 12, we find him at the temple. At the age of 30, we find him being baptized at the Jordan by John. And he stood right among them, and they didn't know it. John said, there's one standing among you now that you don't know who would prefer before me. He's right among you, and his shoes, I'm not even worthy to lose. You call me a prophet, but I'm not worthy to lose his shoes. There stood Jesus standing there, but the sign hadn't come yet. And one day John looked up, and he saw a light, like a dove, coming down. John said, I didn't know him, but he in the wilderness said, Upon whom you see this sign descending, that's the one that will baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. John said, Why comest thou unto me? I have need to come to you. When the Messiah sign was shown to the first person outside of his, the shepherds and the magis, was John the Baptist. He saw this boy. After John going into wilderness at the age of nine years old, never went off to some seminary now, he went to pray and come out of the wilderness. Poorly looking, saw a piece of sheepskin wrapped around him with a leather camel skin belt on, put over his face and probably if he come to your door begging you, call the police on him. Come stomping out of the wilderness, but preach! Repentance till it's turned all the region. Amen. Notice, and he gets in. I don't know who he is, but there's one among you somewhere. I'm not worthy to bear his shoes. I could not lose his shoes. He's standing here. Look what a great instant that was. All the prophets all the way back from the Garden of Eden had spoke of this event. The Bible said that the mountains would skip like little rams. All the leaves would clap their hands. And all the high places to be brought low, and the low places be brought high, and the rough places made plain. Look what them Jews look for. Look how simply come. Amen. What happened? It looked like there'd be a host of angels come down in golden chairs packing someone along. But it wasn't. That's where they were fooled. Of what man calls great, God calls foolish. And what man calls Great God calls foolish what God calls great man calls foolish. What kind of inauguration would this be? Here an old burly, not a rabbi, not a priest, but an old woodsman with a piece of sheepskin girdled around him with a stick in his hand stomped out there on the wilderness banks out there at Jordan and preached repentance. And they stood in the muddy banks of the Jordan. Where was the mountain skipping? Like little rams and the leaves clapping their hands. 
We'll try to catch that a little later this week. I'll show you in the Scripture what will happen. But he said, there's one among you. One thing I don't know yet. But when he saw a sign, a light coming from heaven, circling down in the form of a dove, and it went up on him, John said, that's him. That's him. I knew him because there was a sign over him. John straightly testified, I knew him not. But he that said to me in the wilderness, go baptize the water, set up on whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remain, that's the one that will baptize the Holy Ghost. He knew him by the sign that God gave him. Now, if God raised his son from the dead, we got a right to look for the sign of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He promised it to us. And we got a right for it. He went into the wilderness, was tempted for 40 days by the devil. The devil wanted to do something for him. He said, I tell you, if you're the Messiah and you're a miracle worker, let's see you do a miracle here before me now. Now you turn these stones to bread because you're hungry, and you eat it, turn these stones to bread, do a miracle before me, and I'll believe you. Now that same, now that man, see, that same spirit is on man today. Hung on the cross and said, dying. He said, If thou be the Son of God, come down off the cross and we'll accept you. We'll believe it. But he could see visions, so he put a rag around his head and hit him on the head with a stick and said, Now you prophesy, tell us who hits you. See that same devil? Working right, it's still right in the church. A man not long to give a thousand dollars to any man that would show one miracle that had been performed, any kind of sign of healing. This happened to be, I had a broadcast that morning. I took two doctors and two people that are both being cured by divine healing. One of them was a cripple and the other was cancer. Knocked on his door and asked for it. He said, we'll have to take it to Abilene, Texas. And said, we'll take a little child and we'll cut that child's arm with a, with a knife or something. And then you heal it before we brothers and we'll pay off. I said, you need healing worse than anybody I ever seen. Mental healing. <laughs> right. I said, it shows you're mentally crippled. Same old spirit. Do it here before me and let me see it. That's what they said to Jesus. Jesus ignored him. I said, no, that's not a gentleman. You said you'd pay off a year of the yard and here's the doctor's approval. But I said, I'll just turn to check over to the missions overseas. But he wouldn't do it. Of course he would. And so that, you just can't, don't pay attention to it. So if you notice, when our Lord Jesus, the first thing he began to do, let's watch now for a few minutes. Let's follow his blessed life. And if we see what he was then, he has to be the same today in his church. If he isn't, he hasn't raised from the dead. If he is raised from the dead, he's obligated to do it. As Christian believers. For he said he would do it. And he's obligated to his word. And he can't take his word back. He's God, and he can't take his word back. He's got to keep his word. Now watch him. First thing we see him do, going about praying for the sick. Great success started. That's Let's turn. You have to see you get your Bible. Turn to St. John. We'll stay in St. John tonight for a while. All right, St. John, the first chapter. We'll find out that there was many things that he began to do. His fame began to go about because his prayer for the sick began to do great miracles. was performed. And now, the first thing we find out, there was a man by the name of Philip who got saved. The same man we're talking about tonight. Philip. 
And when he got uh, saved, he wanted to find his friends. To tell his friends of something good he had found. That's a good sign he got saved. And we want to tell somebody about it. So, Jesus, if you're ever in Palestine and marked the places where Jesus was preaching, it was several miles, way back around the mountain over in another country, that Nathaniel, Philip made his way over to find Nathaniel, his friend. And when he found him, he was under a tree praying. And when he got finished praying, Philip said to Nathaniel, Come see who we found. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And now Nathaniel was a staunch Presbyterian, Lutheran, Nazarene, Pilgrim Holiness, Orthodox to the core. And he said, Now could there be any good thing come out of Nazareth? And he gave him the best answer any man could give him. said, Come and see. That's the best thing to do. Say, come see. That's the best way to find out. Come place your own judgment. And God will judge you. Whatever your judgment is. If you're righteous, then he'll judge you righteous. If you're a critic, then more unto you. But, notice that when he comes, he comes to find out, he comes with Nathaniel. He and Nathaniel Philip comes together several miles around the mountain. Jesus is holding the prayer line, praying. And Nathaniel came up to him in the prayer line for the first time he seen. And Jesus looked at him and said, Behold an Israelite, in whom there is no guile. How many ever read that in the Bible? Let's hear you. Sure. Now, if I say today you're a Christian, a staunch, real believer, and it's right the little fellow. He said, Now, Rabbi, or teacher, Reverend, whatever you want to call it, when did you know me? Now, you never see me in your life. And here you are. Are you ready? That's what Jesus said. St. John 5, 19. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Verily means absolutely. Verily, verily, I say unto you. The Son can do nothing in himself. But what he sees the Father doing, that does the Son likewise. How many knows that's the scripture? What did he say then? I do nothing until first the Father shows me a vision on what to do, then I do just what he tells me to do. Listen, dearly, dearly, I say unto you, why don't you go down there and heal all that bunch? Why don't you do this and why don't you do that? He said, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself. For what he sees the Father doing, that good the Son likewise, the Father worketh and I worketh hitherto. That's that then, if Jesus, when he was here on earth, he said, He that believeth on me, St. John, the 12th chapter, and the 14th verse, I believe it is, he said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. More than this shall he do, for I go unto my Father. Jesus said, A little while, and the world, that's the world's order, the world will see me no more. Yet ye shall see me, for I, and I the personal pronoun, I will be with you to the end of the world. I'll even be in you to the end of the world. With you even in you. And these things that I do, shall you do also. And when the disciples came forth, they did the same thing. Paul was shipwrecked, or not shipwrecked, yet he was out in the sea. 
since he called me. It would have been since I was two, three, four, five years old. But I didn't know it. My people wasn't religious. They didn't go to church. And so I would have known it quicker if I were they had it in. So you raise your child to serve the Lord and to know what God is calling. Now when I got with the church, they told me it was of the devil. And like scared me to death. Well then when he come and told me, when he met me that night, and I said, well, my ministering brothers, he said, yes, that's the way they did it in the first place. That when they was arguing what kind of buttons must be on their coat, there was the Magi's now out there worshiping you. And when, when Jesus came, the ministers of that day, the preachers, said, he is the Elzebub the devil, and the devil turned around and said, I know who you are, you're the son of God. That devil knew more about it than preachers did. Hasn't changed too much, <laughs> When it comes to supernatural. And notice when Paul and Silas come down, that little fortune teller, the ministers up there said, These men turned the world upside down. They're, they're imposters. They're terrible people, said the preachers and all the church. Get them out of the country. Well, this man ought to die. They ought to beat him and put him in the jail and everything. The preachers had that done. But when this little fortune teller, when she seen him, she said, Well, these are the men of God who tell us the way of life. And Paul turned around and rebuked that spirit. He didn't need any help from the devil. That's right. But the little fortune teller knows more about it than all those orthodox preachers. Right? Because she was more subject to spirit. She was perverted. That's all. What is a fortune teller? A perverted Christian. You're all born to be sons and daughters of God, but if you want to give yourself to drinking or the world or any kind of deviations and things like that, that's, that's up to you. Use it for the devil. Well, the devil gets a hold of you. When God brought you here for a certain thing, to do a certain thing, you know that the devil get a hold of you. You were born here to be sons and daughters of God, but you let the devil get a hold of you. And you want to become glamour girls and, and pop rulers and everything else like that. Humble yourself before the hand of God so God can make sons and daughters out of you. Amen. I'm sorry to take your time like that, but you're a wonderful audience. And maybe I spoke too much or too loud. I didn't mean to. But I want you to know, my dear friend, that Jesus is risen from the dead. He's here tonight in spirit form. He's been here since the day he rose from the dead. Many people don't believe that. They didn't believe it back there. They believed they carried him out and out of the grave and the hard people to say the same thing. And the Bible says, Why did the heathens rage and the people imagine the vain thing? Truly, their last son, Jesus, the holy child, stretched forth his hands to heal. Same thing, see. God never does take his spirit. He takes his man. He took Elijah, but his spirit come upon Elisha. Then come upon John the Baptist, predicted again for the last days. The Holy Ghost is up on Christ. It comes down through the church, all down the church age. Same things that Elisha done, Elijah done. Double potion, that's the church exactly. Greater of this shall you do, for I go to my Father. A double potion of the spirit, on down. The devil takes his man, but never his spirit. Real orthodox, this part and religious and who wouldn't have it. Washing of hands and saying the doxology and repeating prayers and everything else. Just as religious as he can be. But still the devil. Jesus said to those constant teachers, nothing you get on their life saying, he's unholy. No, sir. They had to keep that law to the letter. But yet this, uh, Jesus said, you're, you're a father of the devil. Because they called him an unclean spirit. Because he did the very things that I talking to you about tonight. That's the reason said, he's a devil, he's a fortune teller, he's a witch because he has that power, he's the Elzebub. May the Lord help us now as we bow our hands. 
Our kind Heavenly Father, this is your Bible I have been quoting to the people. Being tired and weary and wore out, I know I can't do justice with it, Father, and couldn't anyhow. But I, I depend it to you, Lord. Take these few mixed-up words from a hoarse voice, and I pray tonight that you are scattered across this building and ever since your heart. Then, Lord, won't you please once more send the Lord Jesus back? Let him come, Father. And as we humble ourselves, as I humble myself and yield myself to your Spirit, may it come and speak. May the people yield themselves to the Spirit and their desires be granted. Have mercy on us, Father. We ask this blessing in Christ's name, the Son of God. Amen. If he does, then you're without excuse. Now, we give out some prayer cards. Where is the boys? Gene, Leo, or someone? Did you get, did you get out any prayer cards? Did anybody get out prayer cards? Huh? Oh, they did. Where, who gave them out? Where's the end? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what'd you get out? Uh, from 1 to 50. All right. Who has prayer card number one? Raise up your hand. Just look at it. Just a little prayer card. We, just, uh, we haven't got one. Just this little square card. It's got my picture on one side. On the next, it's got a, a number. Number one? Raise up your hand. Prayer card number one? No. Listen, I remember your time. May I say this now? The prayer card is inexchangeable. You have to come here and get your prayer card for yourself. Now take it out. Every person comes up, come here and get your prayer card. See? And get here at the building. Come here and hear the instructions the minister gives before I come. And that's where you get your prayer card. Now, of course, if you're called and your number's not... Number one? He said one to fifty, didn't he? Uh, number one, is it here? Number two? Let's see. Yeah, all right, I guess number one's one out there. All right, what are you bringing to you? Usher, over that way. Over that way, you go bring him. All right. Bring him through the hall or any way you want to. So there. If the, anyone's crippled and can't get up now, when your number's called, we'll have the ushers to pack you up here. See? All right. Number one, number two, number three. Anybody got prayer card number three? Would you raise your hand? I can't see the balcony too well. Anybody's got prayer card three? Would you raise up your hand? Is this lady number four? Prayer card number four, would you raise your... Oh, what's that? I'm sorry, come out up, sir. Uh, is it a lady? All right. If we've never seen each other before, just raise up your hand. I've never seen you. I don't know a woman, never seen her. She just said, just standing here, that's all. Now, this is a very beautiful picture to start tonight of a repeat of a scripture. In the third chapter of St. John, a man and a woman met for their first time at a well. One was a Samaritan, and the other was a Jew. And Jesus went to talking to the woman until he found where her trouble was. And he told her what her trouble was. And she recognized it to be the Messiah. Now, if he's raised from the dead, he can do the same thing. Now, the only thing that I knew about this meeting, I felt led to accept it. I didn't ask who was sponsoring or nothing about it. I don't know who was sponsoring, just a little few-day meeting here, just to get acquainted with you, Carolina people. And Brother Moore sent me up here to meet this man. I didn't know where it was going to be. We come to this auditorium. That's all I know. I'm here. This is my first person tonight. That's all I know. I was born miles away from this woman, and uh, i never seen her. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who shared his spirit thought, 
Now, if he were, he can, if I can yield myself to him by a divine gift, then this woman can have a repeat of that very affair. Is that right? Yes, sir. Now, may the Lord grant it, and all of his promise you would believe and accept it. May the Lord grant it as I talk to the woman. Now, uh, lady, not knowing you and never met you and never knowing who you was or nothing, then there has to be some way that I have to know if I know why you're here for. I wouldn't have any idea. You're just a woman. And standing here, I wouldn't have any idea why you're here. But you're, you want something, or you may be here as a critic. If you are, you just watch what takes place. See, that, that I said, uh, you might be. See, I don't murder you right now. I have no reason. See, but uh, if it is, just watch. See, you'll find out. Now, but you being a Christian, woman, and uh, uh, you're for some purpose. Christ alone knows, I don't. But you are conscious that there's something besides just me here. There's something besides me. I want the audience to watch the expression on each person's face and the angel of the Lord comes here. A woman's aware that something's going on. It's not a weather makes her feel that way. Now, between me and the woman is the same pillar of fire you see right here. Is that between us now? Now, she, being a woman, be a man, not knowing her, never seen her, then God will have to reveal to me something. Now, if she wants healing, if it's sickness, or if it's finance, whatever she's here for, I don't know. But whatever it is, it was already purchased, and that's whatever she wanted, it was purchased at Calvary. The only thing he could do if he is wearing this suit that he gave me, the only thing he could do would be do the same thing he done back there. That's right. But now, if the, if the lady... Will be the Bible grant his mercy. I pray that he will. I don't say that he will. But maybe he will. I'm trusting you. She's promised to receive you. You are promised to receive you. And now, as a woman, if the man operating the microphone is still catching my back, she's moving away from me. A woman is bothered, I feel, with a severe nervous condition as she's walking. And the way she grips her hands, and she's extremely nervous. And another thing is with the woman, she's got a sinus trouble up here in her face. And she, that's right. That's that's there for that. Are you bleeding? All right. something else. What kind of being you being the first patient? Uh, that would be, now, yes, I see you uh, uh, being examined. You, you have real bad headaches all the time, migraine headaches. And I see you going in and out of the hospital, in one hospital. You're going from hospital to hospital. And none of them is doing you any good. That is best fair for that.
holy joy. Yes. 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 Do you agree? Now you can't blame the woman for being all upset or disturbed. You'd be too if you were healed. Now what healed her? Not me. Her faith did it. Just have faith, believe. Now be real ready. Be real ready. Now the lady here, an aged woman, I've never seen her in my life. We're strangers to one another. Are we sisters? I don't know. You've never seen her. But if Christ will let me know what you're here for, will you accept it and believe it? I may be granted. The first thing I see, if the audience can still hear my voice, is shadow. A darkness is all around the woman because she's suffering with cancer. That's thus saith the law. That is true, isn't it, man? Raise your hand if that's true. Do you believe? Now, just a moment. Let's talk to the lady just for a moment. Visions make me weak, as you can see. I, and, but I just saw it for the first night. I take my time. Whatever he told you. Now, you heard my voice, but that wasn't me. That was him. I just yielded. And now, I just, yeah, I see it coming again. It's darkness. It is a cancer. It's cancer. And one of them is located on your shoulder, your right shoulder, yes. where that cancer is located. Is that right? I go believing. Uh, Heavenly Father, I pray for the woman in the name of the Lord Jesus. Grandma. Amen. Have faith in God. Believe. So shall thou receive. How do you do, ladies? Suppose we're strangers to each other. We don't know each other. Now, you're just a bit excited because this isn't going to bother you. See, it's the Lord Jesus, not your brother. I'm just your brother. But it's the Lord Jesus to help you. Now, if I could help you and wouldn't do it, I'd be a brute with But if I had any way of helping you, lady, uh, whatever you're here for, I'd do anything I could for you. And I, I would, yes, ma'am. That's God knows my heart. I'd do anything I could. I can't. You see, more than just limitation as being bound in this world as a child, I saw vision. And then he met me and told me that was his work for me to do here on earth. I, everybody don't believe it. Uh, they didn't believe him, so I must be believing me less. But you're conscious that there's just a little something strange at this time. Just uh, something, now kind of a humble sweet feeling like around you. Isn't that right? That's the angel of the Lord that you see on the picture. Now that what you see on the picture is right where you are now. Of course, being in this, I call it dimension or channel that I'm in, I see it. It's right around you. Now as it comes to you, then he may reveal something that would help you to believe him, to know that he's living, he loves you. The first thing I notice as you begin to move away is your uh, feeling of lack of spirituality. You're seeking and wanting and always, even as a girl, seems like as a child, right? you've always desired a, a closer walk that you've never had performed yet, never have come into that category. That is right. And I'm not reading your mind, but I see you even as a younger person. And that, that is true. 
Now that's true if it is, raise your hand. It's your I see your, your life is just open before me. And I see you also, you're upset and beset about something. You're real nervous, very nervous condition. And then I see there's something wrong with the, the blood. It's, it's an artery in your body. Yeah, and then you've got a, a condition that you walk. It's a, it's a kind of a arthritis you have also. That is true. Then I see you take a fall. You just recently had a fall some time ago. And it's kind of upset you. You never have just felt right since then. That is true. Is that all true? Then there's something here close that knows you, isn't it? Do you believe it to be the resurrected Jesus Christ? They come here. What did Jesus say? These signs shall follow them that believe. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. Is that right? Then this I do. Lay hands upon me, my beloved sister, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will receive the desire of your heart. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you, sister. There are turns right around you now. So you're healed, and you can go on your road rejoicing and thank the Lord. God bless you, sister. You believe? The only thing you have to do is have faith in God. Sister, stay on the other seat. You want to give that rupture? You think God would heal you of that rupture and make you well? If you believed it, you could receive it. It's up to you whether you want to accept it or not. You believe? With all your heart? That didn't please the Holy Spirit, that's right. The man lost his healing, see, this moment. You got to respond to him. It left me. See, it went to the audience. I called the man and he didn't catch it. See, you must respond. Just as soon as he calls you, God doesn't want you angry, he wants you to answer him. See? Be reverent. There's someone else in the audience that's praying. It's a dark, shadowed condition. Here it is standing before me here. It's a woman. She's upset about something. Look to me like you can see that light hanging there. Here it comes. So this lady sitting here with a little brown-looking dress. Yeah, she's worried about cancer. Fearing about it. That is right, isn't it, lady? That's right, raise up your hand. The little lady there, brown dress right there. All right, lady? Don't you fear? He healed you of that cancer just then. Your faith touched him, and now you're around. Have faith in God. Don't doubt If you can, what did she do? I ask any of you to pray. You were praying, weren't you, lady? That's right. That's right. See? Now have faith. How about you up in the balcony? Are you believing? I ask any of you. If I be the servant of God and have told the truth about God, God's got to honor the words that I told. I spoke of him, now he's speaking back to me, through me, that I told you the truth. If you can only believe. Have faith. Put this way and say, Lord, I believe it with all my heart. Just believe it. Watch. Now as your faith moves, 
so does the Holy Spirit. Now, please, this is the patient, sir. This is the Excuse me, ladies. I'm not beside myself yet. It's a weakening that he's... See, if, if the gift is going in the audience, there's 50 to 1 healed in the audience and what's on the platform. Of course, this doesn't heal people. This only brings people's faith up to accept what Jesus did when he healed and when he died. See, it isn't a healing now. It's accepting what Jesus has already done. See, everybody's healed. Everybody was saved in the atonement, but you have to accept it. Now, there's your faith. Uh, it's a little lady sitting with her glasses on, playing with a little gray coat on. Got two people behind this woman who just prayed for her. She's suffering with diabetes and wants to be healed. That's right. You put your hand up, lady. That's true, isn't it? Raise your hand, raise your hand like this to the audience if that's true. You was praying and said, Lord, let him call me. If that's right, raise your hand like this. There you are. How do I know your prayer here? It's Christ. It's raised from the dead. It's him. It's your faith for doing that. Believe it. So shall you be healed as you believe on him. Now, ladies, you, everyone should believe. Now, this lady standing before me, she has, she has a trail of sorrow. She's very much disturbed about something. And that's about a, a man. Her husband, he's sick. He's got a sick husband. That, that's saith the law. Raise your hand if that's true. Have faith. Now, the man came before me just then, but I don't leave you to the building. Just a moment. Have the irreverent, everyone just praying. Let this way again, ladies. Have faith and believe in God, every one of you. Just believe the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Just imagine seeing him standing over here by my side saying, you say this and you say that. And then he's taking, looking through my eyes to see something that's happening, it's going to happen. Now, as I talk to the woman, what, what, what was the trouble to your husband, mother? That's there. Uh, that's right. Now, I catch your spirit again, just like the woman at the well. That's what he was doing. He talked to her a minute so he could catch her spirit. You got more trouble. That's about a, a boy. It's your son, a backslider. That boy's caused you a lot of trouble. That boy's in trouble right now. And he's up for a trial. And that trial, I believe it's really about manslaughter. That's to be tried about tomorrow, real soon. That's right, isn't it? That's the law. Yeah. You believe? Well, receive. As you are believed, so shall you receive. Praise the Lord. Have faith in God. Just only believe. All, all of you ought to believe. This is for an hour, if it could, just if you just have faith. See, Jesus has already done the work. This is just his love and grace to you. Can't you ignore that he 
a clear evidence of him. He did something. He they walked with him all day and didn't know it. But the way he did something, they recognized that that was him. Well, I tried to tell you what he did when he was here on earth so you could recognize the same way. You walked with him a long time, maybe in your church and didn't know it. He's here. He's alive. He is dead. A lady and I, I guess this is a patient before me. Now the woman's a stranger. I don't know her. Never seen her in my life. Is that right, lady? We're strangers. Now to the rest of you there. If Jesus will let me know. Now, you know it has to come to the supernatural power. Now it's your attitude what that is that determines what you get. See? They put a rag over his head and hit him and said, tell us something. See? But he doesn't do that. It's your attitude towards him. And I declare that it's him. The mechanical eye of the camera declares it's him. Science declares that it's him. The Bible declares that it's him. The Holy Spirit declares that it's him. And he's sure right now doing the same work he did, and you're without excuse. To disbelieve me would be all right, I'm a man. But to disbelieve his works, it would be sin. And sin is unbelief. He that believeth not condemned already. Sin isn't drinking, committing adultery. That isn't sin. That's the uh, attributes of sin. You do that because you're an unbeliever. Believers don't do that. Now, if God will speak to the lady, she's here for some cause, I don't know. But if he'll tell her, why? Will everyone of you accept Jesus right now as your healer? That'll just settle it. If the woman will raise her hand that I don't know her, nothing about her. Is that right, lady? There's nothing about her. Um, I've been four months in service, and it just weakens me, so I don't like to go too far. And the man is standing around me to get me just at any time. And now the lady standing before me. I don't know her. But I feel as disturbed about something. Yes. I see her going into a place that's a clinic or a hospital. Something on that order. And she there's something wrong with her. It's in her esophagus. It's in the here she her food won't swallow down. There seems to be nothing can happen. That's that's fast Do you believe, lady? Christ, Son of God, heal this woman, I pray thee, Father, if we found grace in your sight. Let her go home and be able to eat, come back giving testimony and rejoicing for the glory of God. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you, lady. Go believe now with all your heart. Would you send the patient? Now, no, I, I, I'm not reading your mind. I don't think that. That's sin. Here, I don't know this lady. Put your hand on mine, lady. If the Lord Jesus will reveal to me this way, that's your trouble is, will you accept your healing? I see a table. And a woman moving away from it with her hand up. The lady's got stomach trouble. That's, you're holding my hand. That's right. Raise your hand if that's right, lady. It's caused by a nervous condition. 
It's a pepsi. Right in the pit of the stomach. When she eats, sour, gets bitter, comes up against her teeth, she has an awful distress anchor. She's suffering with a nervous condition from a time of the life, too. It's just what they call the menopause. Into that, makes her nervous from a lady's condition. And that's running her into a peptic ulcer in her stomach. And premature to it. Now, the Lord bless you, sister. For I'm rejoicing and happy for that, and both the conditions is gone from you. Go eat your supper. Please. What if I just prayed for you? Would you believe anyhow? You're a little bit excited. See? That's right. But will you promise tonight that the same promise you made God that he would heal you unless you get well, will you accept it if I tell you you're going to get well? You promised him that. I go on, you're healed. Serving the Bible. I'm not reading your mind. Not at all. Heart trouble is for our Lord to heal. He can make heart trouble around us as easy. Do you believe that? Thank you. Lord, accept him. God bless you. You want me to lay hands on you, didn't you? I said, God bless you. Now go and receive your healing. That's very brilliant for that. All right. Have faith. Sit down. I'm a stranger to you, lady. But I see you holding the things when you get up in the morning. You got out of the ride. <laughs> That's right. Kind of shocked you didn't. I knew your feet like this now. See how easy it was? I just go on your world rejoicing and be well. Can't believe it. Have faith. Little lady, when you move from that seat a while ago, the black shadow swept over you. But God can heal cancer just the same as he can heal toothache or anything. You believe that? You accept your healing now? Come here. God's demon, you might have hid from a doctor, but you can't hide from God. Come out of it. You believe in Jesus Christ. I do really believe it. Let's pray praise the Lord. Do you believe? Have faith. Look and live. Got something wrong with your feet and legs, haven't you, ladies? Something on the end there, praying. When that lady was healed a few minutes ago, something said to her, something real strange struck you. Is that right? If it is, raise your hand like that so the audience can see. That's right. I've seen you here on the platform. That's the reason I know you were there. Amen. You believe me? Accept your healing? That you might know. The lady sitting next to you there. Look at me, lady. You believe me to be his prophet, his servant? You want to give that high blood pressure? You believe Jesus Christ make you well? Raise your hand if that's right. <laughs> See? Amen. A man sitting next to you that heart trouble. He wants to get that heart trouble too, don't you, sir? Is that right? See? Get that heart trouble. Next man wants diabetes. You think God healing diabetes, sir? <laughs> you believe? Yes. All right. If you believe, lay your hands over on each other. I don't care what's wrong with you. It must be my time to go over. Hey, Jesus, Son of God, I pray, I pray with you. And ask that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you heal every 